Hello, and welcome to the Seattle interview series number 13 with Seattle Storm head coach Dan Hughes, two-time WNBA champion head coach and two-time WNBA coach of the year. I want to thank you for coming on. How's the, how's the past week been for you? Busy, but good. You know, I mean, with, with so many college games and getting ready for our draft and uh, just being a basketball fan of all types, uh, <laughs> it's been pretty nonstop game. Yeah, I can uh, I can only imagine. Yeah, just uh, with the draft come up, and uh, I know that uh, UConn and Iowa game is going to be pretty big here. Uh, so you know, yeah, when you, when I think about it now, there's definitely a lot of basketball going on. Um, so I want to get right to it. What inspired your career in coaching? You know, I mean, you started with the Charlotte Sting in 1999 as an assistant. What you know, what fell into place for you to say, "Hey, I want to coach." Well, you know, it was a high school team. Um, I grew up in a little town in Ohio called Lowell. And uh, we were part of a, of, a, of a consolidated school district called Fort Fry, which is very small. But they had a really good team in 19, I believe, 62. I was seven years old. And that, that team influenced me. Uh, and the coach, uh, I wanted to be a coach. And I've that that's where the beginnings that's where the inspiration started uh and that's pretty much held true almost my whole life I'm not a lot different in my desire to wanting to be a coach from that moment on I mean so you spend some time with Charlotte uh and at least in the WNBA you spend some time with Charlotte and Cleveland Cleveland no longer part of the the league and then San Antonio now Las Vegas what factored into retiring with Vegas in 2006? Well, not with Vegas, but, you know, retiring in 2016. What made you want to step away at the time? Well, I, I had been in San Antonio for 12 years and I had raised my, you know, a lot of times when you're a coach, there's I, I, I've always been really conscious of my kids mm -hmm. uh, and my kids. Uh, I, I, I was able to. To, my daughter went all 12 years in one grade and my son went from the second grade to the time he graduated. Well, my son was graduating. He was a basketball player. He was going to the uh, United States Air Force to play basketball as well as to go to the academy. And I thought it was just a good time, um, you know, for, for me at that point. And, and you know, I'd, I'd had a good career. Uh, I had coached men I coached women I had a lot of things um, I didn't have a championship in my pocket but you know I'm, I'm, relationships meant so much to me I'd had an awful lot of good ones there but so I stepped away but then you know sometimes life is is funny you think you know what's going to happen and it doesn't and, and a year later I ended up back with uh in the WNBA with Seattle and with a chance for championships that have since followed. What really opened the door for you? Was it that position being vacant or uh, was it just the opportunity that arose? Was that what sort of drew you back in? No, you know, to be honest with you, uh, it was the players. Um, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Uh, one time, you know, I had been associated or coached against a lot of the players that, that I now coach. Um, and when the opportunity came uh, that that job was available, um, I, you know, it was different. It, 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 it was one that I, I felt like the culture was already established mm -hmm. in a way that matched me. And, uh, you know, it, it, my wife and I, at that point, you know, our son had gone off to college and it was just the two of us. And she felt the same way, to be honest with you. One time she had a conversation with uh, Brianna Stewart. She said, you know, my husband would love to coach you, as almost all of us would. Yeah. You know, to be honest, it's not a rare thing to want to coach Stewie. But and, and, and Stewie goes, really? And, uh, and Mary told her, yeah, you know, Dan would have loved to have coached you. And, and that's, this was during my retirement, you know, um, before I actually accepted the job when we were considering it at that point. So it, it just was a fit. 
it just was a fit. Oh, yeah. and it, it was driven by the players. That's, you know, it's interesting to, you know, hear about that because, you know, in prep for this, you know, I go through other interviews and there was one that said that, uh, you know, coaching Stewie is something that, you know, makes you want to continue to coach as long as the organization will have you. And it's just really interesting to think about, you know, being a, Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. You're, no, you're blessed. Uh, yeah. You know, with, I've, I've been around great, great, great women's players, you know, have, have played against them, have, have coached them, all those kind of things. But Stewie was different. Stewie was one that I knew because of, I was involved with USA basketball and she was even as a collegiate, a part of a lot of the national teams. And uh, she's a, she's, you know, she's special because if Stewie, Stewie is, in, in my opinion, the, the best player in the world. But if Stewie was six foot and uh, a guard, she'd still be a player. She understands. She's got all the intangibles and all those things. That's, you know, that's, you know, like you were saying, just blessed to have those players and the organization as a whole, you know, such a well-run organization. Uh, I mean, for years, you know, um, which I do want to ask about how does Seattle as an organization, you know, from top to bottom compared to the other WNBA organizations that you've spent time with uh, through your career? Well, I think everything is, 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 they do everything they can to give you the resources to win a championship. And those of us that have been in situations, and sometimes it's not the fault of the organization, but, um, you know, I, I, there is obviously pressure here to win championships, but they also give you the tools that are needed. They put the money into it. Um, they, they create, a culture that that matches you know financially what you're trying to do from a championship standpoint and it's not always the case you know uh that you find in pro sports but that's been the one you know that they they whatever this uh, you know the 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 administration has had to do financially to step up for the team, for the fans, for the people that work for them. I, you know, they honestly have. And that's a very admirable thing that you that I have found here. Yeah, no, just to continue with that, just to be able to have an organization that really shows that commitment to just continuing to be better, whether it's, you know, what's going on in the court or even what they do in the community is, you know, yeah. it's, you, you don't want to take that kind of stuff for granted. Um, to kind of speak more on the organization, uh, what's your relationship like with Coach Kloppenberg? Obviously, you know, took over a little bit uh, for you in partially in 2019 and, you know, down in the wobble. Uh, what's your relationship like with him? Real good. Um, I, I knew him because he had been a, a long time assistant in the league and then w was the coach at Tulsa. So, you know, I, 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 I had known him mostly from competing against him through all those years, but when I took the job, you know, one of the first things I did was say to him, I wanted to give him the space to really carve, especially defensively, his, his path in, into what we were going to do. You know, it was a partnership more so than I'm the coach and you're going to do what I say. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I wanted to make use of his experience. I wanted to make use of his knowledge. I want the system that his father had developed um, and, and Gary had done such a great job of mastering, I wanted to use it. And uh, so our relation, and, and it's grown, to be honest with you. And, and I was very happy that, um, you know, I, I, the year before I, I had missed about nine games when I had cancer surgery and he stepped in admirably. And then last year I had to work from, a virtual stance and, and we've just worked seamlessly with each other and um, that's special. And so I think uh, both of us treasure the fact that we work together very, very well. I think that's, I think that's really well spoken and really important, you know, cause obviously in some situations in any sort of sport, 
if you have those conflicts and coaching, things aren't going to, you know, they're not going to run smoothly. And I think it's really cool to hear that how it's like, hey, I think using the word partnership was so cool to hear this because how that works. I don't know. That fascinates me. Um, so we get to 2018, you know, and like you said, you hadn't won a championship to that point. What what goes through your mind and what kind of what kind of emotion do you feel once that final buzzer goes off in 2018? Um, a, a feeling that I, I honestly had not felt before. Um, I, I was exhausted. I, I had put everything I had into it. So the initial moment, because it, it was funny, some people were like, are you okay? And uh, it reminded me of, you know, I spent a lot of time in San Antonio and I saw Greg Popovich win a championship and I saw him just kind of sit down and take a deep breath because, uh, and I thought, no, I, now I get that because that's what I did. That, that, the emotion, I, there, there were a couple emotions. One, one was that I just wanted to take a deep breath and, and exhale and just be thankful that life had given me this moment that I didn't think I was going to get, you know, I, I, I could have stayed in retirement and maybe never had this moment. And the second thing is I wanted to find my wife. Uh, she had shared an awful lot of uh, good and bad times. And I, I just was searching for her uh, when that came about, but th those were, those were the things that it, it, it was a priceless feeling to be honest with you. And, but one that uh, um, I was just thankful that I got to experience because I wasn't sure that life would, would create that opportunity. Oh yeah. No. Was it almost some sense of relief and some sort of, Hey, I can kind of sit down now and finally rest a little bit, you know, cause I'm sure that whole throughout the playoffs, you know, I'm sure it's kind of a little bit on edge. It's a different feeling, you know, it's finally like, Hey, you know, we won this, kind of kind of can sit down and breathe a little bit you know what well, I, I think the road you know i'm a big believer in in learning from the road you're on yep. the path you're on and it's what i told the team we had gone through an incredible series with phoenix that taxed us to the limit and uh even before the finals but i'm a big believer in that i you know I, there, there might have been a reason that my career was the way it was because people kind of see you where you are. But the truth is I had a very um, persistent, I had to be persistent in my career. Things didn't happen very easily or quickly. Yeah. Uh, but there's probably a reason for that. And I tell players that, and in some cases later is greater. Oh yeah. Speaking of players, what has coaching Sue Bird been like? How has that experience been? And, um, what do you think of when you think of Sue Bird? Well, I think of probably the best basketball, one of the best basketball minds. And I'm talking about as a player, as a coach, as a anything that I've ever been around. Um, as she, her, her mind is just unbelievable. And uh, coaching her, I'm, I'm glad that I had coached Becky Hammond uh, in San Antonio. And I'm glad I, I, I had that experience because I think it helped me understand. Becky has that same kind of qualities. And I think it helped me understand how to give Sue the freedom mm. and empower her to empower the team and, and understand how powerful that really is. And having Becky really had taught me a lot of those lessons in the, number of years that I coached back. Um, but you, you, you want to make sure that you empower a mind like Sue Bird. You, you, you want to give her the space, but you also want to be helpful in allowing her to teach her, your team from her position, because she's uh, a, a rare, rare, rare force, you know, when you have her on your team. Do you think, similar to Hammond, do you think Sue will ever go into coaching? You know, I, I wonder those things. I wondered it about Becky as well, and I wondered about Sue. I, I, I don't know. You know, Sue, 
Sue is one of those people that can do a lot of different things. I could see her in the media. I think she's really good at that. I could see her being an entrepreneur, an owner. Um, I could, I, I could see her in a lot of, but she definitely could be a coach if that's in her heart. I think sometimes um, I'm always curious as to where they land. And I remember the day Becky Hammond said to me, she wanted to coach because I wondered the same thing about her, but uh, it, it will be fun. And, and I enjoy this part of the part of the, of life lessons to see what Sue actually does. Sorry about that. That shouldn't be going off. Um, apologies. Uh, but I know that she took uh, a role, I think, in the front office with Denver and the Nuggets. So even seeing that, I was like, you know, whoa. But I mean, like you say, when you've got that kind of basketball mind, I'm sure it's just you just wonder what happens, you know, wonder what that next step will be. And it's I know a lot of us here in Seattle will just support her from whatever sort of standpoint she takes. Um, I will touch more on Sue here in a little bit, but I want to shift over to someone you've already mentioned and somebody that um, actually had on uh, last week. Uh, What kind of growth have you seen over the years from Stewie as well as Jewel Lloyd? Just what you would expect out of champions, uh, both of them. they both are very, very, uh, matter of fact, when, when I took the job, my first, I, I, I flew to see Jewel and, and in her home, uh, and then I flew to see Stewie in Seattle because um, you just knew, you, you, you knew they were great players and they were along the path. And what, what I've been proud about is that I think every year they've played. Um, and, and obviously, Stewie had to deal with injury, which makes it even more impressive. They've gotten better. And they have gotten better uh, as offensive players. They've gotten better as defensive players. And they've gotten better as leaders. And that's what you hope for in young talents like, like those two. What sort of, uh, you mentioned Stewie's injury, what sort of challenges and how are you able to overcome those challenges in that 2019 season? You know, you lose both Stu and Stewie to injury. You know, obviously you have to play around not having those two. How are you able to overcome those obstacles and, you know, make it to the playoffs? Well, I think a couple things happen. Um, and that's one of my favorite years of coaching, to be honest with you. You know, the championships have been wonderful, and I've had others that were meaningful. But 219 uh, is one that I really appreciate because that, that was a challenge to lose. The best duo in 218 was Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart. The best combination of players statistically was those two, and you lose them both in regard to that. But I think what happened with us was that you had a lot of players step up in their roles and you had leadership, which is an awful lot of leadership lost in those two too, but you saw the leadership kind of step up with that. And so people that had had one role, the, the roles had to grow. You know, Jordan Canada probably should have been the most improved player that year in 2019. Natasha Howard went to a position of being the leading scorer and, and, and those kinds of things. Alicia Clark became a, a absolute leader um, of what we were doing in a lot of cases. Jewel Lloyd is another one that people don't realize. Jewel had, to, Jewel had a major injury, missed about a month that year. So she, she was an all-star and, and, and it had really stepped up to lead us and gets hurt. Misses about five or six weeks, has to battle back from a tough injury, tough injury. And then, you know, we're able to finish strong in that year. Uh, and, and then I think that, to be honest with you, 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 you had a lot of players step up into greater roles in 219. And then you were able to put in 220. What we had done with in 218, add 219. And it, and it put us in a really good position for a championship season in 2020. 
in reading about, you know, getting prepared for this, I read that you had prepared for 2020 more than any other year before. Was there a particular reason for that? Or was it inspired by, you know, what took place in 219? No, I, th- I, I think it was because I felt like we needed to do a good job of merging 218 and what we learned in 219 mm-hmm. into the package that we played with in 2020. And so um, I, I didn't want to miss a beat. I, 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 and to be honest with you, uh, so much of coaching is about preparation before you ever take the court. So, so much, I mean, I know people think about it, you know, when, when you're standing on the court and you're coaching the games or they're thinking about practice, but I, I, as I've gotten older, I, I think it's really important that you put together a uh, blueprint, so to speak, that can make sense. And we've, I, you know, this has been a very challenging year because of changes on our team to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I typically study every game from the year before I make notes then I start to project, you know, the roster and, and some of the strengths and weaknesses that represent it. But last year took a lot of work for me simply because actually going into last year, because I wanted to make sure that, that what we learned in 219 was incorporated in. We didn't we didn't just go back and and be 218 again. Yeah, because I think it's ever evolving. You know, every year is unique. So that that's that was why I had taken so much time that particular year. And, 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 and I'm, I'm happy I did because in an odd sort of way, it played out well uh, for all of us when, when I had to virtually go back and forth as opposed to physically being there. Yeah. I mean, I am excited to talk about uh, sort of working with newer faces here, but I want to focus more on obviously 2020, you know, I'm sure you know, as well as anybody and you experienced it, when you can't physically be there with the team, you know, how are you able to get over those obstacles? Obviously, you know, you've got, I read about the sort of virtual center you got. Uh, how are you able to combat, you know, obviously not being able to be there and just trying to do everything virtually? Well, um, I, I think it starts with the fact that we had a culture of players that were pretty familiar with what we were doing you had a coaching staff who were ready to, you know, uh, Gary Kloppenberg was was ready to lead us defensively and then accept some of the, the opportunities to, to game coach that, that normally would fall under me. Uh, Noel Quinn had evolved really well and offensively she took. And so you had, you had both, both of those two assistants really, caring for each side of the ball in ways and then Gary kind of putting it together. Um, and so we, we were set. And then you had good internal leadership. You had Sue and Stewie coming back with the group that had been before. So you, we, we had some, some attributes going in our way. Then it was hard for me because at first I wasn't quite sure. I, I didn't want to get in the way mm. of, people that I think on the day-to-day were taking care of business but at the same time you know I I you know I I tried to fill in where I thought I could be helpful and at first there was a little bit of trial and error but then very quickly it evolved into a certain kind of system where they could bank on me doing these things they could bank on a lot of things. And the players, I worked at developing a kind of a running dialogue that started when they went down there and carried all the way through at that point. And uh, it might be after a game. It might be uh, leading up to a game. It might be when they wanted to reach out and, and have a, uh, you know, have, have, have a Zoom call, have a phone call, all those kind of things. But I, I tried to do it organically and naturally. I didn't try to force it, you know, in regard to it. And uh, as I look back in my career, I'm probably going to treasure this experience, even though it was very, very hard Mm -hmm. uh, on all of us uh, family wise for me to not be with the team, but I'm going to look back and probably say, you know what, 
that's a, a very interesting section of the the coaching history that that <laughs> that I've been a part of. I, I spoke with Jewel last week, and that was you know really cool, obviously. But something that was obviously brought up was that season. Well, that season, yeah, that season, um, and the way that that played out with the wobble, you know. And Jewel compared it to being at summer camp. Do you obviously you want to physically be there, you know, to be with the team, but how would you have felt about that, you know, whole bubble situation um, and having to just kind of really be confined to just basketball, really? Because, you I mean, you know, not being able to go off campus. Um, what do you kind of I mean, did you ever kind of think of like, hey, you know, I would be, you know, not be able to really go out and see anybody or what do you think about the, you know, the challenges that the bubble itself presented, not necessarily with basketball? Well, I thought about it a lot to be awesome, because in, in our own ways, our, our entire world was experiencing some of those things. You know, I, my, my life basically consisted here of, of, of being with my wife and our bubble did include my daughter and the grandkids. And that's it. I mean, that was it. Didn't, didn't go, didn't, didn't do things. I had to be very, very cautious. And to be honest with you, I, it, 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 was a, it was kind of a snapshot of what I think a lot of people across the world were dealing with. And I think even my life with, there was a lot of people, a lot of leaders, and you're even seeing it in college right now, where you had to, to continue to be a part of something and yet you're not physically with them or there were stretches when you weren't with them coming about. And, and I can only imagine how difficult it was on players to not have some of the things that allow for a balanced kind of look at being a professional basketball player. And so I thought about them a lot. Um, and uh, I just think that, that our team and our league as a whole did a, did a pretty outstanding job of doing, making the best you could in that, you called it summer camp situation. Yeah, no, that was because uh, I've only been to a sort of summer camp once and I didn't like, you know, so to hear that and just, you know, the issues that it presented, um, I think, you know, talking about the culture of this team and this organization, I think the culture, you know, and the way that, you know, having certain players step up in the bond that they have, I think that definitely helped them get yeah. through that experience um, to get back to the finals. What challenges did Las Vegas present to you uh, and the team? And how was the, how were you guys able to counter that? Well, I think the challenges were they had beat us twice in the regular season. You know, uh, the challenges were that um, they had, you know, that they're a very talented team as we are. I think one of the advantages we have was we were pretty whole, you know, we, we had stayed healthy. You know, you had Sue back on the court. You had a lot of things. We were without Sammy in the finals because uh, of the birth of her child. But, um, and you had Vegas who, you know, Hamby gets hurt. And, you know, to just to be fair, that's a big loss. I, I had drafted Hamby. I know how good she was you know, in regard to it. So, you know, but that's one of the things that in championship years happen is, you know, you, you have to have some luck as far as the, the health situation. And I think we were healthy and I think we were uh, experienced in situations, you know, because of 218 that, that, that also helped us. And, you know, even with Vegas, I mean, somebody that uh, as part of the Seattle, little thing uh somebody that got injured even before that season was uh Kelsey Plum and you know they didn't have her throughout that that's true. yeah Plum, so, Plum that's a big loss absolutely um yeah I mean I think you stated it pretty well you know with any championship team you're gonna have to have a little bit of luck in the entry field and I'm sure you could look at any championship team across any sport and that's going to be the case because I mean, yeah. the whole season there I guarantee you there's no way one team stays completely healthy um so putting it, if, if I had to put you on the spot and you had to compare 218 and 220, could you say that either title means more to you or they just, you can't really 
put a, a, a deciding factor on one of them? Well, it's, it, it's like children, you know, do you, do you, do you love one of, one of your kids more than the other? Um, I, I think your first one is always a very special moment, but, but the truth is that uh, as time goes on and you look at the world we were dealing with, I got a feeling 220 is going to grow in my mind too. So no, I, I'm just thankful, you know, I mean, I very easily could have had a career that was very fruitful, but without championships. And now we've had two and, and they were both incredibly different. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just very thankful for that. Has there been any difficulty trying to, you know, keep in contact with everybody on the team? Obviously some people are overdoing Euro league Stewie's over, you know, across seas. And I'm, I know there's a bunch, you know, Mercedes and new newly acquired Katie Lou. Um, but I mean, normally I know that, uh, you know, obviously there'd be sort of team activities and such. Has there been any difficulty in trying to, you know, keep in contact with everybody or is it just, you know, it's just virtual and that's how it's been? No, I think there's always challenges because, you know, they're, they're not all domestic. They're, they're across the world. Uh, and I, I'm not a person that feels like, um, I want them to know that if they need something 24 seven, I'm available, but I'm not bugging them on a daily basis. I, I, I am not one of those. There, there's periodic moments that we come back and forth uh, with each other. And, and I hope they, and I think they know that if they need something, it, it, there, there's no time I'm not available. But I don't bug them a little bit. I think part of the trust that they're, they're pros and playing in other situations and more is not always better. Yeah. You know, I would rather have a quality interaction and have it periodically than I would just bugging them. Um, and, and, and I respect them as adults. I respect them as members of other teams. And I really, uh, now, you know, when they're, when they're with us, that's a different matter. Every day, of, every day I want to make sure there's communication. But I don't necessarily feel like that uh, that's appropriate in some cases when they're playing overseas. Mm -hmm. Oh, that definitely makes sense. Um, so these, these might be interesting. Do you have a favorite team to play against in the league? Is there anybody that you enjoy going up against? I know that. Uh, when I asked Jewel, she she enjoys playing against Phoenix just because you're playing against Diana Taurasi. Uh, but is there any team that you just really enjoy going against? No. Um, what What is interesting to me is that uh, what has developed for a while now is about half the league are my former assistants. Uh, if you If you look, and uh, that that's an interesting experience because. Uh, <laughs> You know, you you root for them, but at the same time, you compete with them. So I kind of appreciate it when I'm not playing against one of my former assistants, but that's fine if we do. It would, all bets are off and the games are on. But uh, I, I really enjoy playing in New York. I, I Not because I want to play Brooklyn, I mean, the, the net, uh, you know, uh, the Liberty or anything like that. Uh, Madison Square Garden is always, and, and now, now we play, you know, in Brooklyn, Great Arena too, but I really enjoy playing in the garden. That, that, that was special to a little guy from Lowell High to, to be in maybe the most famous venue, um, you know, in the world. I think that addresses the, the next question I had is if you had a favorite away arena to play at, that might, uh, I think that would take the cake for you then. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That and, and, and what's really neat is that I, I think some people knew it. And when I retired the first time, uh, the organization, uh, Madison Square Garden, sent me a picture of the last game I coached there, me on the bench and everything. I have it up in my home. Uh, and uh, it didn't play out that way, <laughs> that that was my last game. But, um, you know, I just uh, – we, we played in some great – places through the years but the garden would be the the one that was most special for me to as an as an away team coming in
If I had to ask you if there was a funniest player in the locker room to you, could you identify somebody? Talk about on my team right now? Yes. Uh, wow, that's a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could, to be honest with you. Um, I think there's uh, humor is definitely part of the culture that we have, but there's actually several that I think, you know, can kind of fall under that category. And I don't know if there's just one that we would all point to, uh, but I, I do appreciate, boy, I, I, I can think of humorous moments with just about every one of them. So I don't, I don't know if I could point to just one. Speaking about, you know, moments with some of these players, you know, Sammy Whitcomb, Nashasha Howard, Alicia Clark are no longer on the team anymore. What are you going to miss about those players, whether it be just as as people uh, as well as, you know, having their presence on the court? Well, I'll, I'll miss them all three from the standpoint of there were uh, um, the things we shared, the people that they are, you know, um, you know, I, I, I as you really get to know people and, and, and you know it through competition, um, you miss the, the times that you shared. But, but the one thing that I'm so aware of, and I tell the teams every year, every year is unique that I have been in the league. And, 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 but also, anytime there's great amount of success, there's change is going to probably be a part of it also. That's just inevitable you know, in regard to it. But all those people were special to me because uh, they were so influential, I think, in, in what went on in my time in Seattle. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that was, it was tough seeing them go, you know, but like you said, when there's any sort of success, it's, you know, not going to always going to be able to keep the entire band together. That never will be the case, just whether it's money or people wanting to play different situations. It's just how it's going to come down. But uh, I think all three of those women are always going to have a place here in Seattle. And I don't think that's ever any doubt. Um, just, you know, happy that they, you know, had their time here really um, to get to those new faces, you know, Candace Dupree, Stephanie Talbot, Katie Lou Samuelson, uh, Micaiah Herbert Harrigan, Ty Young, Haley Gorecki. Uh, how are you feeling about next season? Cause I uh, I shouldn't obviously buy into some of these these things, but I looked at uh, Bleacher Report had a grade for the team's offseason and it gave it a D. I thought that was blasphemous, you know. But how are you feeling about next season as as well as some of these newer players? Well, we have work to do, to be honest with you. Um, I, I I think we have to understand training camp is pretty important to us, at, at, as it was in two eighteen. It, 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 it's not as, as it was in 219 when you take Sue and Stewie away from it. So we need to, you know, there, there's things that kind of go with, uh, this is a different team. You know, this, this is a team yet. Yes. You have, you have some of the, the essence of excellence that, that we've had in the past, but, you, but it's a new team coming out of it. So we have work to do in training camp. We have work to do along the way. Um, I think there's enough change that this team has to reinforce who they are. And that's going to take a little growth. You know, I think those of us that have been around the block, um, even when I came in in 218, you know, you're coming off a year where we were the eighth seed in, in 15 and 19 or 20, whatever the year was. And we went through, we lost the first game of the year, for example, and then started to find out who we were and build confidence in who that is. We'll have to go through a similar trek in 221. Um, you know, but the only thing that I would, that I would say is that I, I, I do think um, you've got some really good pieces still there. And I do think that it's positioned us for the future with some of the new pieces. Now, Candace Dupree's a little different. Candace comes in, um, and we use every bit of her veteran things, but almost everybody else that comes in 
is part of the future with the storm as far as many years down the road. Mm -hmm. I think to kind of bring back what you mentioned earlier, the journey is going to sort of, you know, really shape how you guys continue throughout the year. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I saw everything that took place and, you know, it sucks to lose people, but Hey, you know, I trust the organization and it's, it's uh, like you said right there with pieces for the future. It's uh, I don't know. I'm ready to get back into the season. Um, have you been able to see anything about the new jerseys yet? Or do you, do you care about any of the new rebranding or is it your, Hey, I'm the coach. I have things to worry about that are, aren't, you know, uh, apparel wise, I guess. No, I, I, I liked it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking mostly as a fan of it, <laughs> not, I had nothing to do with, uh, you know, creating it or doing that. I, I, I have a, a, a hoodie that that's got it on the front and I get, and I got a t-shirt that I wore the other day for a meeting and, I think it looks good, you know, at that point, but um, it, it's, it's something that I, 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 I like the fact, I, I think we in sports have to embrace going to the future a little bit. And it's the same, you know, we would have all loved to have had the same team back the, the, you know, in 2021 and we had in 2020, you know, I, I think we were all open to that. But that isn't the reality of how things often happen. And it's the same way with branding us to the future. Um, I, I, I like what I see of it, it, it but it, it represents us going to the future, which I think is really important that you're always looking for a better way in life, let alone um, if, even if you've had a successful life, you're still looking for a better way. And, and maybe this emblem just kind of symbolizes that to us. Speaking about newer things, how excited are you to get back in formerly Key Arena, uh, Climate Pledge Arena, when that's all ready? Because obviously, I don't think that'll be ready by the time the season starts. I think from what I was reading, it'll be more ready towards end of season playoff time. How excited are you just to get back in the building? Because obviously, teams have been playing in, uh, up in Everett and at Hege, uh, at UW. You know, how excited are you just kind of get back into a almost sort of home, I guess you could say? Well, I'm very excited, to be honest with you. And I'm excited for the fans. You know, um, it, it, it was amazing the number of fans that followed us to Everett, for example, uh, or, or University of Washington when we were there. Um, it, it was very much appreciated and certainly noticed by me. But being back in Seattle, Key Arena was truly, truly rocking in 218. And being able to uh, come back into Seattle and into a new arena will be very special for the fans. It'll be very special for the players. It'll be very special for the coaches. And I'm very excited for that. I, I, I hope that happens. You know, I don't know what the timeline is for a lot of things. But, um, but I, that all being said, I have to give take, take my, tip my hat to the fans that were able to follow us to ever follow us to University of Washington. We still definitely had home court advantage in 219 in those situations. Yeah, I uh, I do have to men uh, mention my parents actually had season tickets. You know, they go through Key Arena and then go up to Everett. I remember going up to Everett for those games. So that's, uh, you know, it's just the fan base in general here in Seattle across sports is some I really, you know, I'm just grateful to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take what storm games I can get. I obviously it's not, you know, sometimes it bounces from up north to, you know, back down. But, you know, just having the team is, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, to get back to Sue, as I mentioned earlier, would you imagine or would you want to see uh, her get a statue outside of the arena at some point? Because, I know that I asked Jewel this and she said that Sue's kind of low key and she probably wouldn't push for that kind of thing. But do you imagine that that would be a reality at some point? Well, I think it's got, it's got, uh, would I like to see it? Yes. Um, I have no insight into whether it will happen or not, but it, it, is it a worthy thing that I think our community that I think, those of us that have had the ability to be with Sue would appreciate. Yeah. You know, I, I was in, uh, 
South Carolina uh, with USA Basketball training at their arena, and they have erected a, a uh, statue to Asia Wilson, for mm-hmm. example, or what she had done there. And that was really cool. I mean, I went out, as did a lot of, uh, a lot of us, and just looked at it and, and, and appreciated it. And in, in, in that same way, I think, Sue, for what has gone on in Seattle, is very, very much a symbol of a lot of joy that I think a lot of people would share for those years and for, and for her commitment to Seattle. So I would love to see it happen. I figure it, I, I personally, obviously, like you said, I don't know how that you know sort of thing goes, but I think I would figure it's just a matter of time just because what you know she means to Seattle, um, both obviously on the court from those moments to what she's done in the community. Um, speaking of Seattle itself, you've had some, you know, you have some, you've had some time up here. What are your thoughts on the city in general? Um, cause obviously, you know, you've been, you spent time around the country. What do you just, what do you think of the city itself? Oh, my wife and I loved it. Um, th- th- I, I always enjoyed coming to Seattle. Um, it, th- th- it was always a long trip for us, no matter where I was, you know, com- coming up here. I always enjoyed coming into Seattle. Uh, the fan base, a lot, a lot of the city itself was unique and I would enjoy it. But when we were able to spend 218 and 219 uh, getting to know the city, the beauty of the city, the rhythm of the city, interacting with the city, and we did a lot. We, we did, we lived downtown. We, we, we really enjoyed it. Um, it was special. It, it was just truly special to have my wife and I, you know, get to know this new city, you know, in regard to it. And uh, that's, uh, you know, whether it's going to a Mariners game or whether it's walking down to the market or whether it's uh, looking at the mountains in the morning or watching the cruise ships come in at night there's a, there's a lot of real beauty uh that um i'm excited to get back out and continue to experience you know in my time in seattle yeah you mentioned in uh mariners baseball i'm really excited to get back to opening day here you know just to have those experiences back you know as we sort of work our way back but i i, I think i can speak for a lot of us and say that we definitely appreciate having uh you and your wife here and just, you know, what you meant to the organization. I want to touch on uh, coaching outside of the storm here. How special is it for you to coach uh, with Team USA? Oh, very special. I mean, it's, um, you know, when you, when you have opportunities to represent your country, uh, when you have opportunities to work with the greatest players in the world, or in your country, uh, it's incredibly special, especially, you know, in in, in a world where, um, you know, uh, I've started as a high school coach, you know, that's where my beginnings were. I spent part of my career with with men. I've spent part of my career now with women. all those things lead up to a chance to be part of a national team. Uh, You just want to do all you can to make sure that uh, you're appreciating that, but at the same time, you're, you're, you're doing the appropriate work so that you can, you can contribute to, to the mission that, that these players are on, which is to win gold. That's honestly what, what is the beautiful thing about about so many of these players is that they they put all their strengths aside and just kind of say what can I do and that's that's I I follow suit I try to do the same thing what can I do to be helpful here um, you know in our mission to try to to try to win a, another gold medal how if you could put in the words, how valuable would you say your experience coaching with them has been, you know, to your career as a whole? Very, very, very valuable. I, the thing that, that I think happens in a long career is it, I have 
learned along the way, whether I was in Seattle and around Greg Popovich and the Spurs, or whether I was with USA Basketball and I was around Gino Ariema, um, Don Staley, um, those kind of things, because I, I, you know, I am coaching with Don, but I was around Gino for the two stints he had it uh, was here and you can't help but have experiences like that where you kind of learn about your culture and about how you do things and and how to establish good teammates with each other you know and how to how to bring an energy as opposed to take an energy all those things you know you a lot of valuable lessons, a lot of value. I'm, I'm a much different coach than I was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. Um, and that's the way I wanted my career to be. And I, I very much want to continue to change and hopefully for the better, you know, th- through ever how long I coach. Do you have any you know, thoughts or input on Becky Hammond and her coaching career at this point in time? No, um, I, I stay in, in pretty good contact with her. I watched most of their games, uh, watched them last night, play the Clippers. Um, I, I think she is uh, more than ready to be a head coach in the WNBA or in, in the NBA. Um, I, I think it will happen. I, I, I do believe that, that it will happen for her. Um, in regard to it. And uh, to be honest with you, it's a real joy in my life. I I just hope that people realize what I realize is that that might be the best hire that GM could ever make bringing her on because she truly is that special and gifted as a basketball coach. But she also brings a culture to the whole experience that I think is good for our world to, to see on display. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but do you have any goals for yourself at this point in your career? Or are you just continue to work and take things a step at a time? There's, you're not really looking ahead at anything. You're just kind of, you know, working year by year and, you know, looking at what's in head you instead of, you know, looking further than that. Well, I, I want to be better. When I don't have a desire to be better, then then it's time that I truly do retire. So I I, I want to be better, but to me it's about being in the present. You know, one good thing about being an older coach is that I'm not thinking a couple years out. I'm thinking about this year. I'm thinking about this moment, and I'm trying to do what I can to help players, help organizations improve myself in the moment. And so I don't, I don't look very far. I, I you know, I, I don't really think, well, well, in five years that, no, I, I'm pretty much year to year and I'm pretty much moment to moment. Um, and somehow that is really works for me uh, as an older coach. Uh, but I do want to be better. If I think it's important that players see uh, the world changes just like last year, and they, they need to see you ready to uh, embrace that change and, and, and improve yourself. I, I, I don't spend much time in the rearview mirror. I spend a lot of time in the mall. This is a little bit of a, a new part of the interviews I do, uh, kind of like a lightning round uh, for favorites. Um, so I've got a, a little bit of a list here. Well, not a little bit of a list, but couple things here just you know quick little favorite ones sort of like a lightning round um favorite breakfast food eggs favorite game day meal change through the year I'm, i'm eating much better right now but i'd say salmon okay okay do you have a favorite pacific northwest restaurant uh Wow, I, 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 again, have changed a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, Belltown Pizza probably was 
was before. Now I'm eating a little more healthy. So we'll, we'll see to be determined. Okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite Pacific Northwest scenic site? I love, absolutely love watching the cruise ships come in to dock downtown. Uh, that that's my favorite. And then having the mountains on both sides. It's, it's always hard to, you know, beat the mountains being out. It really is. Do you yeah. have a favorite sport to watch outside of basketball? Baseball. I enjoy watching the Mariners. I root for Scott, their, their manager. And uh, um, I really enjoy baseball kind of, kind of uh, helps relax me in the summer and i really like it when i can be there but uh even watching them on tv do you this this is one's kind of hard to you know pick one but do you have a favorite seattle athlete or there are a couple names that you could pick out amongst you know seattle uh, seattle athletic history wow uh i enjoy russell wilson to be honest with you uh from a football standpoint um I used to watch Ken Griffey a lot uh, when he played for the Mariners, you know, uh, through, through that period. And, but if you go back to, to like the NBA days and, and those kinds of things, I, I really enjoyed uh, Lenny Wilkins, that group, when he was the coach here, because he also was in Cleveland, um, that specific team. Um, really uh, and, and and he as a coach I mean, me being a coach um that that meant a great great deal to uh uh watch those teams that those years when especially the championship year do you think to speak on you know the sonics do you think it's just a matter of time before we see an nba team uh come back to the pacific northwest i do I, I don't know what the timeline is, but I, I, I have been, you know, I, I was fortunate to travel with the Spurs and I did a broadcast when Seattle still had a team here and it was Christmas time. I mean, it was amazing. It is definitely, definitely a big time city for sports. And um, I, I do think it's a matter of time. I just don't know what the timeline is for how long that'll take, but I do think that will happen down the road. And then, uh, you know, reading about uh, the 2020 season and having the, uh, you had your home office, uh, reading about how you had a, you know, a Beatles wall was pretty cool. Uh, is there a favorite piece of memorabilia that you have in that home office? Or is it just, you know, uh, you can't really put a name on one? Oh, no, no. The favorite, the favorite is a WNBA ball signed by Paul McCartney. Um, my he, he, play, uh, he played in, I was coaching in Cleveland and uh, he played our building. And we always, wherever I've been, we've always had a breast health awareness day and they wanted to raise money for that. So they approached him and he said, yeah, I'll sign that. Uh, actually, a long story short, Linda was his former wife. And her mother lived in Cleveland and died of breast uh, cancer. And so he signed the ball. Well, anyway, Mary, my wife, bought that ball. Uh, they had an auction for it. And, and actually, they had it during the game. I was busy coaching. But she bought the ball. That ball, to me, is, is very, very special because it combines Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, with a WNBA and it combines breast health awareness, which is, I think one of the greatest things that this, this league uh, that, that we have done uh, to support that cause. So that, that's the one that, that one stands out right there. That, that one takes the cake. It does. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was really cool reading about that. I was like, huh, you know, figured, figured I'd still ask just to see, but um, I definitely appreciate having you on. Is there anything that you'd like to leave anybody with you you're just kind of looking forward to next season and i am back in those colors i am and i i just pray that the fans can join us i'm, I'm looking forward to the day that um i walk on the court and every single fan that wants to be there can be there and i don't know if that'll happen right away but 
I just hope Seattle stays strong till we get to that point. Cause I know once we get to that point, I, I know the impact of the fans in Seattle on the game. <laughs> it's not lost on me. It, it's a major impact. And I'm looking forward to that day. I want to thank you. And uh, you know, thank you for your time and all the time that you've put into, you know, helping this team add, where am I? These two trophies here and uh, you know, excited for this season. So I want to thank you and uh, appreciate having you on. Uh, great, great interview. I uh, appreciate it. And we'll look forward to crossing paths in the future. Thank okay. you. Baba Bowie.